I love the countdown. <laughs> hey, girl. Hey, girl. Happy mother freaking Thursday. Happy Thursday. Okay. We Listen, made we made it past the hump day. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. Well, hello, everyone. Um, welcome to another episode of Politics But Make It Fashion. We apologize for the delay of this episode. We had some technical difficulties. Guys, we were together, okay? We were together. We were together. We were fabulous. We were recording in a studio mm. together. It didn't record. <laughs> we looked so official with our little headphones and our microphones. We did. We did. You know what? It's okay. It's keeping us humble. <laughs> humble beginnings. Amen. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So, um, to pick up where we left off last week, we had... No, what? No. First, I want to do um, some updates from me. Okay. <laughs> um, guys, I went to our new governor, Josh Shapiro's inauguration. I love that you went there. Girl, it was freezing, um, but it was really, really cool. I've never seen a live inauguration before I like we've normally seen them on tv and stuff um guys the the fashion was it was amazing everything there was I don't know if you guys know this but I love coats I love a good like beautiful like coat I don't don't like to wear them I don't like to wear (laughs) I don't like to wear them um, but I love them and there were so many good like winter coats out there and just and women braving braving the cold with their heels because I just know their ankles were cold because y'all Ooh. and you know they're okay and when they're cold and you start to take a step it hurts too so they were yeah. really out there suffering for the look right so our new um lieutenant governor Austin Davis is the first black lieutenant governor of the state of Pennsylvania so that is amazing and that was very historic to um, be there for that and something really cool um, that I was telling Chelsea about is when they were swearing in so um, the governor Josh Shapiro he swore in on a tree of life bible that was rescued after the massacre that took place at the tree of life synagogue because he's a man of Jewish faith and he swore on that Bible, which was just very, very cool. And then he had like four men of the cloth. Um, from I love different... when you say men of the cloth. <laughs> <laughs> different like sects of faith. Um, you know, like a Monsignor, um, a person who was of Muslim faith. I, I'm not sure what their head person is called. Um, there was a reverend. A reverend. Um, yeah. And so they all did separate prayers. Um and like prayed for the Pennsylvania and the new governor and stuff. And then at the end, they all came together and did a prayer together where they all kind of read a piece. And then they said like a uh, prayer in unison. I just thought like, that's America. You know what I mean? Like that is, that's why we love it here. That's why we're here so that you can showcase everybody. And even one point he said like, you know, for the people who have faith and, and, and for the people who don't believe in anything, like, you know, you too, like I'm here for you too. Right. Um, you know, I'm here to serve everybody, you know, and I thought that was just something really cool. And it's something that showcased that. And I had never really seen that before. So I was like, wow, that was really neat. And I, I think it was, 
And it was like inclusive without being like cringy. You know what I mean? Without being like a try hard thing. It it was beautiful. Like it was a beautiful moment. Well, and I feel like the conversation, like, first of all, what type of person thinks of something like that? And I feel like the conversation wasn't like, how can we be inclusive behind that? I feel like it was probably like, you know what would be awesome? as like a man of Jewish faith, right, but right. also to like include the, like, I feel like that's probably why it wasn't cringy because it was probably legitimately from the heart. And that's probably why it was so beautiful. People always know these people yeah. think we don't yeah. know. We can tell, we can tell when you're trying yeah. to yeah. set up a whole thing to look a certain way. We can also tell when it's like, yeah, yeah. like let's really just make this moment super special. And like, yeah, girl, yeah. I love that you got to go do that. Yeah, and Jacqueline was there and stuff and everything. So now I'm feeling a little guilty because she missed school. You know, and stuff. Okay, you should check because I read this thing and they were like, you know, it has to be an excused absence. But if it's an educational trip, they'll excuse it. So ask them. Like it was educational. She was at the inauguration. Well, like because her- too, like when we went to the White House and right. we went, we did the White House and then we did the um, National Children's Museum. Yeah. And stuff. It was very educational. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. It was like a moment in time. I feel like it should be an excused absence. Yeah. Well, I, I did write her a note. I'll, I'll ask that in the note, too. I'll say that. You should. Hey, girl, I didn't even know that. <laughs> girl, yeah. Inside scoop. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah. So, what I wanted to say about from last week, something that I've been thinking about um about our episode was because we had a lot of listener feedback guys thank you so much we love that um I love that people loved our conversation about kind of like what age to talk to your children about LGBTQ plus community and issues and like sexuality um and Chelsea and I disagreed on kind of like the age of when to have the conversation with your kids But I wanted to say that what we really did agree on, though, at the end of the day is we have to teach our kids to love everybody and to be kind and to be respectful and also teach them that there's other people, other sexualities out there, people marry other people, and that those conversations do need to happen at some point. And maybe we don't agree at the exact same point. But that's one of the things that I think is so great about this podcast and what me and Chelsea do and kind of what we want to show people is that there's some things you can't agree to disagree on, like racism or homophobia or whatever, you know, but there are little nuanced things that you can say, okay, well, we may not agree exactly on this topic, but the fundamentals of what we believe in teaching our children are the same. And And that's kind of what the point is, is like, you can have the same kind of values and maybe see things a little bit different or go about them in a little bit of a different way. Right. And I feel like too, as someone who is more on the conservative Republican, like right side of things, I feel like sometimes like we, we talked specifically about the LGBTQ situation because I do feel like that's something that's kind of being pushed and talked about a lot and you hear this brought up like well like what grade and is it too young and this school is doing it at kindergarten this school is not doing it at all this school is doing it at fifth grade and for me it's not even necessarily about just the age I feel like it ends up being about the kids specifically and then also 
like something I was sharing with you, like, like when you said to me last week, you know, will you, you know, you have the privilege of not having to have that conversation yet. And I thought, you know, yeah, but then like, I think of things on like, for example, my family is considered, would be considered a split home because I have a, my husband has a son from a previous relationship. So my daughter hears conversations like him saying like, well, I'm going to go to my mom's house or like, I'm going to be here Christmas morning and at her house Christmas Eve. And she's kind of like, okay. So like, we have to have those conversations. And with that, I'm kind of like, that's not great. And the statistics for people, for kids from split families or broken homes, however you want to put it, are not great. Um, Just like the statistics for children who are dealing with LGBTQ issues at home with their parents or personally, they doesn't mean it's going to be bad, but it can, they're more prone to certain things. So like, but in all of that, my mindset is like, I do not expect Maddie to go to kindergarten and her teacher to be like, well, like we're going to have this conversation about a really sad thing, like a split home. Just like I wouldn't expect if there's one child dealing with like an LGBTQ issue at school to be like, then we have to like have this conversation for the whole entire classroom. But those are real issues. And I do believe that they do need to have a support system. There's a lot of different issues that like aren't necessarily terrible and they can end up being okay but like they do need a support system so it's kind of like trying to figure out what does that look like in the school system because why I don't want my daughter like and also too that being said my daughter coming from a broken or like a split family unit I don't want to say broken but you don't want to make it like a big deal either because that'd be the same as like my daughter as like the statistics for kids coming from a single parent home are terrible well right they they can (laughs) Right. And so like, but at the same time, I don't know if I would need her teacher to be like, well, Jacqueline's mother's a single mother. And, you know, and so specifically and- <laughs> we have to, but also too, right. that's another thing. Also, I, and I was telling you this yesterday, my neighbors, like literally right across this way, this way, this way, and this way, all split homes. Like literally, and like, that's just in my very immediate vicinity. By the way, I've never heard that term before and I love it. Yeah, just like it's it, it. you know different, yeah. and and we all deal with it very differently. So also too, I don't want my child getting like special attention and the whole class to have to be exposed to that if they don't have to be. But also that's something like we deal with it differently. Like I don't want her going to school and her teacher's amazing, but like like what if her teacher's like, oh yeah, you know, split. Home. Like I don't want that. Con- yeah, I'm yeah. dealing with that in private in a way that my daughter, I know my daughter and she needs to deal with it. But on the flip side, I do think that like there, we shouldn't ban the fact that, you know, there are children coming in there with two moms and two dads. And what does that look like for them? And then for me, I'm like, okay, you know, like maybe we need to make sure that every school has a guidance counselor and has, and that guidance counselor has education to all of these issues. Uh, abuse, uh, LGBTQ right. issues, split right. home, whatever the case might be. Because We're dealing with a parent who has a kid. Yeah, if there's one kid in the class dealing with an issue and stuff. There should be a, a support system for that kid, and there right. should whether they're like a child of divorce or they're going through identity issues or sexuality issues that they can talk to 
that has their back and has an education understands. And that's why you need like school guidance counselors or school social workers and stuff, because those issues do are going to come up and they do need to be dealt with and maybe not for the whole class to deal with them all at the same time. But like that kid needs somebody, you know, right. and, and needs somebody to talk to who kind of like knows what they're talking about a little bit. And the, and the, and the sad part is I think why a lot of these issues are now in the whole classroom is because most schools don't have those things anymore. Like because of budget cuts and um, defunding education, our schools don't have school social workers or guidance counselors and nurses. So when you don't have those support systems and those outlets, and now you do have kids in the class dealing with issues, where do you think the issues have to be now handled or talked about? Now it's in the classroom. And like, that really does make so much sense. And like talking to you about this really made me realize like, wow, that's why the issues, because, you know, I've wondered and we've talked about like, why do they talk about it in the class maybe? And I'm thinking like, where else would they do that if they don't have any of those other things, you know? Well, and like, and I think that's, that, that's the thing. I think we end up hearing about this. I've, I've actually heard about the news recently where it's like, you know, to speak about LGBTQ issues in the classroom or not to, or like all these things. And to me, I'm like, first and foremost, it's not a school subject. So I don't think it's appropriate for the school, but ultimately it's there. It's an issue. It's there. Kids are dealing with it and we have to figure out the best way to deal with it. But then also too, I think we're missing the broader scope because we do still have children committing suicide at 10 years old because of bullying for God kids can be vicious for God knows what their hair, whatever the case might be. So I think at the end of the day, why are we talking about pushing this versus not at the end of the day, respect period, no, toler- no, no bullying tolerance period. Because then- if you have kids that are respecting other kids, it doesn't matter if you're the poor kid in class. It doesn't matter if you're the single parent kid in class, you're the gay kid in class, whoever, you're all going to be treat it with respect and there's not going to be bullying in that classroom and And that is such a huge part of it too well right and i think that that's the thing like if if we're raising our children to be bullies because we are bullies because we're nasty people so that of course is reflecting unto our children being at school that is something that i feel like is applicable to every child in the classroom so like mm-hmm. I don't care who your parents are. I don't care if you have two moms. I don't care if you have one mom. I don't care if you have a split family and 18 set parents. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. you're coming to this classroom with respect or you're not coming. Period. Right. And so I feel like again, again, girl, we're missing the the main issue. We're talking about little like symptoms of the big mm-hmm. problem. Is that and the big problem is bullying. And if we have this level of respect and a no tolerance policy, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we gotta, we gotta figure it out. And no matter what, like whether you're a great parent, a not so great parent, every parent needs childcare. So like, whether you're like, Oh, I'm really like supportive of my kid's school. You still need your kid in school because you still have to go to work to pay $17 for chicken. So like you are going to make sure that your child is able to be in school. And like, that's something that could be applicable to everybody. And I don't think that there's like an age where it's not appropriate to be like, we're not doing bullying period. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Girl, good conversation. Eggs, girl. Are you still buying eggs, or are you not buying eggs? Because like, <laughs> so you know what? My it's funny because my parents live in my house. We all live together, um, which I think it's more of a cultural thing because I think sometimes people are like, 
your parent, you live with your parents. I'm like, no, I don't live with my parents. I grew up, I got married. I got a job. My parents <laughs> live with me though. Just like when I grew up, my grandparents lived with us. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, and my dad is somebody who like, if there's not eggs or butter or bread and milk, He's, he is going out in a hurricane. He's going out in a hurricane. Yeah. yeah. But he, I think he is, he, so he's actually always the one who buys the eggs because I don't use them too often, but mm-hmm. I do think that he's buying less and less eggs. And did you hear about the black market egg thing for people who own chickens? They're selling, they're selling eggs for even higher price. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, so wait, just went no, up to $5 what? at the grocery store. And now you're selling eggs for 15. What's happening? Capitalism. They're selling like organic farm raised eggs for $15. That lasts market. longer. That Yeah, exactly. And, I'm like, it's like, because they're not washed. So you can leave them out. Exactly. I think in a, oh, okay. So, but my dad is buying less eggs. I've noticed because... He came home and he was like, he's like a dozen eggs cost me $5 and some change. And he was like, literally two months ago, it was one nineteen. I'm like, it's wild. It's wild out here. It's a wild time to be alive. It really, really is. Oh my goodness. This is um, a side note, but I do want to speak to this mug that I'm drinking because it's not really my typical aesthetic with the seashells, but Maddie got this for me for Christmas and it says, total mom shell oh my gosh, I, I can't so i'm drinking i love that period um have you heard that like it's like a meme or whatever it says every white person has a beach themed bathroom in their house at least like <laughs> but i will say i was thinking about it and i was like i know a lot of it's when i was especially when i was in the navy in the Navy, I would almost say that answer would be to yes to that question. Because, like, everybody's house had, they always had one, like, beach thing with shells and, like, oh, God, it's so ugly. <laughs> That's a very interesting, I don't think I know any white people with a beach theme bathroom. I don't think it would be, like, your area. It like definitely would people. not, you no. Know. No, no, that is not that is not the type of white people. Because we live in Delco, it's probably yeah, like brass yeah. knuckles in the bathroom. You know what I mean? Just in case. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <definitely> not. <laughs> Chelsea, do you do print out our script for today? Yeah. Okay, good. You're gonna have to do it because I can't switch back and forth with this. It turns my camera off. Okay, well, girl, the next topic at hand is the Missouri House of Representatives tightens its dress code for women to the dismay of Democrats. We heard Democrats upset all over the world about this. (laughs) All right. So I don't know. I think my question answer is just like my question for this is why. Well, so, okay. So Republican state rep Ann Kelly proposed an amendment that would require women to wear jackets defined as both blazers and knit blazers. Yeah. So they're not allowed to show their arms um, or wear like short sleeves. And I just, I don't understand why. And to me, this is one of the reasons why people think Republicans don't like women, hate women, or whatever. It's like, why are you picking on women? And if you want to change the dress code, then just change everybody's dress code. Or just make it simple and just say business casual for everybody. Right. So I'm neither here nor there on this topic. But one thing I did read when I was reading about this is that... And Kelly was kind of like, because the Democrats did come back and say like, hey, 
this is anti-women or like, this is not equality. And her response was kind of like, actually, I kind of did this so that it would be a little bit more equal on our side because the men's dress code is a jacket, a tie, a button up. Um, I forget what she called. She said a men's shirt. So I think that's like the button up that would go like with the tie. Dress, yeah, like a dress and, shirt, and, yeah. And slacks. And she's like, for women, it was a little bit more loose. So it adds a little bit more definition. And now they are kind of equal. And she was saying, um, if a man walked in to the house without a tie, he'd be bump. He'd be, yeah, forget yeah. it. Like if he walked in here without a jacket, unacceptable so she's like for women it added like a little bit more like okay this gives you like a you know and to me this sounds like especially coming from a little bit of corporate america this sounds kind of like a three people were coming to work with like their cleavage showing or like in like a tank top that was like showed the bra strap and instead of being like sylvia can you tighten up with that like get out of here yeah they were like let's just do a broad encompassing but then the democrats were like why are you focusing on the women? And I, do, I think said, I do agree with like, you on that. I do. I and but I do think that maybe she should have said that from the beginning when this was proposed. Because like when it was proposed on the floor, she should have said, "I want this to be more equal because the men have to wear a jacket when they're in here the whole time. So now women have to wear a jacket if they're in here the whole time, right. and that's why we want to do this." If she probably would have said that from the beginning, I think that it would have been received a lot better. But I think just because of the times and stuff and, you know, Republicans wanting to tell women what to do, it feels like it's like, you know, this was like an added thing on there where it's like, okay, really? Is this really necessary? But you know what? I think that the ultimate hatred for women does come from the Democratic side because nobody hated women, in my opinion, nobody hated women more than the people that were like, you're enslaved by having to stay at home. You should be on the workforce. This, they're holding you back. Burn your bra and get a job. And now my husband and I are both taxed. Instead of him just being taxed and me being at home with a six pack vacuuming every day. Like, I'd be fine with that. Look, you know I, mean? I don't agree with that statement that it's the Democrats, but I agree that, yes, why, whoever. It was the Democratic we- Party. Who Whoever decided that? we need to do that, okay, the women who wanted to burn their bras and stuff, I could be at home. What okay. What was the, who, I can't think of the lady. It wasn't Farrah Fawcett, but it was, she's still around. Gloria Steinem? Not Gloria Steinem. She's on a Netflix show. I can't think of her name. The it's, Democrats oh, recruited I know who you're talking about. It's, um. They, like, recruited her, and she was a big face of it because they were like, we need to get this woman in the workforce. She's and then a Amanda- show about being an old lady. Exactly. And the, to, the, yeah. to our dismay, to Jane realize... Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. This was the ultimate trickery because at the end of the day, we still now have the subconscious requirements to keep the home as though we were a full-time mom or a house okay, homemaker. Okay, I will say this, though. Are you happy that you were allowed to have a bank account? And that you're allowed to get divorced if you want to, and that you're allowed to work outside of the home if you want to. I yes, well then you can thank them for that too. Six pack. <laughs> you Drinking... can thank them for that too. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, because like, here's the deal: have, you weren't allowed to do anything. Like you literally, if you wanted to go on birth control, you needed your husband's permission. That's if you a little wanted wild. to a open a bank account. You needed your husband's physician permission. If you wanted to do a lot of there was judges there oh there was oh man down <laughs> oh god okay 
back in the day, there was a woman who wanted to work on homicide cases and try homicide cases. And they told her she needed to get her husband's signature before she was allowed to change jobs. So there was a lot of stuff that the Dems and liberal people helped to make not okay. I don't think it should be a one, one size fits all. Like some women want to stay home, some want to work. But I'm glad that now we have the opportunity to do those things. And I'm glad that the laws aren't the same as they were. So thank you, Jane Fonda. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but you're right. You're you're absolutely right. Because I don't like the second you're like, you had to get your husband's permission. I don't, that like doesn't even, I went, I went a long time ago. I went to Egypt and we had this tour guide and he was great. But he is definitely an Egyptian man. And the things for women over there are not the same as they are for us here. And I remember just like brawling. We were like screaming at each other, um, which is that's I'm not saying that in pride. I'm saying that to like my ignorant American side, because I just the things that he was saying, I could not swallow as an American woman. Because like I saw him doing things that I was like, bro, you're like married and like you have a kid, you just showed me your like toddler's picture. Yeah. Like, what if your wife did that? And he looked at me and he's like, Well, she'd be stoned. And I was like, Okay. Then I you know what I mean? Like, I just it was a lot for me to swallow. And I do think because I do come from a country where I can open a bank account if I wanted to. And I do have the freedom to have a job if I wanted to. I just right. wish I didn't have to. Yeah, right. Well, you can write the libs for that. So Mm. you're welcome thank you thank you libs thank you jane you have great hair by the way (laughs) (laughs) um okay speaking of libs and democrats jill biden had two cancerous lesions removed we saw this from the associated press the surgeons removed a cancerous lesion above the first lady jill biden's right eye and one on her chest yikes Those are scary places to have something removed. I know. I saw the eye thing and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I wish her a speedy recovery. Um, Well, especially as somebody who's older, it's always a little bit more difficult to recover. It was a basal cell carcinoma, which is actually the most common type of cancer. It is a type of skin cancer. And it's really common. And if you catch it early, it, it can be okay for you to get. Like, it doesn't normally come back, so... And girl, everybody check love, those moles. Everybody check those moles. And girl, she's still out here teaching, and you love that she still teaches. I do, I do, I love that. I think she was the first lady who kept her, who like kept a job, which is really cool. I so, never knew she had a job. Yeah, she teaches. And when um she was still she's still teaching as and being the first lady. So yeah, that was okay, cool. Jill. I think I believe she was working at a community college. I think as a professor. So well, this will be great because she'll have some PTO to recover. Hopefully, well. well. <laughs> um. Okay. So George Santos, the new congressman from New York. I don't know a lot about him. Well, it got worse. It got worse. Since, How could it possibly get worse? <laughs> so he lied on his resume. About his qualifications. Yikes. I mean, like, I'm totally with the, like, like, fake it till you make it and, like, figure it out as you go. But there does come a certain point where you have to be like, I have not done (laughs) X, Y, and Z. (laughs) I feel like, and that line definitely comes when you're in politics and, like, in charge of people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) So it says the family fled the Holocaust. (laughs) 
So that was a lie. So he lied and told people that people in his family fled the Holocaust and were like Holocaust survivors. Who lies about that? George. George lies about that. (laughs) He does. So he had employees die in the Pulse nightclub shooting? Yes. So the... uh... (laughs) Messed up. To say the least, um, his education and his career. Wait, I got one. I got a new one for you. Okay. Uh, He, so there was a GoFundMe to raise money for veterans and to raise money for like veterans to have service animals. And he stole money from that GoFundMe. Yeah. I told him worse. Is he okay? So the Republicans have said Santos also lied to them in private. They want him out of office and to resign. Is he under investigation? He has to be because all this is coming I out. Don't, I don't think he's under investigation yet. Um, the speaker, the new speaker, the the new speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, he said that he's on George Santos' side and said that the people should have the right to vote him out in two years if they want him out. But he do- he doesn't think he needs to resign. But, like, everyone else thinks he needs to resign. So I think that those, like, you know what? Even if you didn't lie about your qualifications, the fact that you lied about these other things, nobody wants a liar, like a known liar. Like, right, obviously, right. politicians lie. But you're lying about really, really... Yeah. It makes me feel and a he, little nauseous. He doubled down on it and stuff. Reporters have been trying to interview him and ask him stuff, and he's like, I'm not resigning. So, of like, the last thing I heard from him, he said he wasn't going to resign, so. Wow. <laughs> that's that's very bold. It was so bold. So, I'm like, you stole money from veterans and, like, service dogs, and you let, you said your family fled the Holocaust? Who says that? <sighs> I feel and sick. How does that come up in conversation? Also, how do you put that on your resume? Like, was that on his resume? I think I think they need to release a copy <laughs> of his resume. <laughs> his resume. We want his resume. <laughs> we want to see it. We want to I mean, see it. I guess we'll see. I don't know if the people are if it's going to stand. I feel like we should be able to decide. We the people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because well. True, and I think if the people want him out, and it seems like everybody, both sides, like, everybody's like, okay, yeah, we don't. Well, so, like, the Republicans up where he is, they all want him out, but it seems like there's a different vibe in, like, D.C. Like, the D.C. Republicans seem more like, okay, well, if he, let's wait for two years and see if he gets voted out of office. Probably because he, one... he didn't lie to them in person. Like he's probably right, these people that, are right. dealing with him on a consistent basis. Yeah, exactly. Because I wonder what he for them for one of them to make that comment. I wonder what he said to them in, in private. They're like, "This man is a liar. Why is he in a public office?" He probably had people crying and shit, like <laughs> crying over his. He's telling a story about his family. You crying and stuff, and then you find out he was lying. So that's something I literally when when I read that, I'm like. That's something that I would cry about. Like, that's something that, like, really, I don't, I think most people would really find an emotion or, like, right. to be stirred by that. And, like, you made it up. You're gross. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, but in other news, the Inflation Reduction, girl, I got questions. The Inflation Reduction <laughs> Act goes into effect January 1st. Haven't seen it. Not with those eggs. 
capping the monthly out-of-pocket cost of insulin at $35 for seniors on Medicare. Yeah. Is it is it only affecting the Medicare? Because I definitely don't see it in the eggs or the chicken. Um, for this specific thing, yes. There was other things in the Inflation Reduction Act, but I don't... There was a lot of stuff that got taken out of it, too. Dang. So, I don't know. Yeah. So, the Inflation Reduction Act does not cover... Um, a 16 year old with diabetes only for seniors. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, so if you're a kid and you have your family's your family's paying for your insulin and stuff like that, this doesn't cover you. So you're still going to pay out of pocket costs. I believe some people are paying between a hundred. The average is between like a hundred to like three hundred dollars a month for insulin. Some people up to 400. More than half of the diabetes in the U.S., over 21 million people, holy cow, are under age 65, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So So there's 21 million people under 65. And so they were trying to have it open for everybody to be able to, for this to cover every single person who uses insulin. Um, and unfortunately, it doesn't now. Why? Um, well, so I believe the Republicans who were voting against the act said that they really wanted the states and like to make rules and changes on this. I think that they should, because I think what they're doing to people, what pharma is doing to people is a sin. I think that I think maybe the federal government does need to make something broad for everybody. And, and then the state level, they can start making some changes, but people are dying over during COVID. A lot of people started rationing their insulin. There was kids that were rationing their insulin because they couldn't afford it. And people died over that or ended up really, really sick and in the hospital because they were rationing their insulin because they didn't have the money for it. That's so gross. You can save somebody's life with something so simple. Right. And, and, they're, just, and they're making money off of it. And so, it, and they could sell it for so much cheaper and still make money. That's why I don't trust big pharma. Jerks. So in August, Republicans blocked a provision in the bill that would have capped the out-of-pocket cost of the drug for everyone in private insurance. But they, they so they blocked. Wait. Republicans blocked the bill. Mm-hmm. That's a fail. Hardcore. <laughs> the reason they expressed hope that federal and state measures could be included in legislation down the road. You know what? Sometimes I think people make things a lot more difficult than they need to be. And at the end of the day, this is not difficult. This is not a difficult yeah. call to make. This is not like, well, we have to know, like straight up. You're the worst. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, it, it's, it's so expensive for people. And, and you think like kids who are, who need it because they have diabetes, they don't really have jobs or have an income. So they're dependent on now their parents' income to be able to pay for it. And older people and seniors, they normally have fixed incomes or living on social security and stuff. Right. So it's, so like the demographic, unless you're dealing with people like twenties, they're, you know, 
area diabetes and stuff a lot of these people are dependent on other people to be able to get their medicine and stuff and it and that just doesn't seem right it doesn't yeah. that's awful it really is and i thought the reason like i get the, the the states need to make changes and stuff but and but do you know something that really bothers me that i see is i don't know if you've seen these where there are memes or posts where people will talk about oh narcan is free. So Narcan is what you use if somebody is going through an opioid um, overdose. Um, and they're like, Narcan is free, but insulin is expensive, you know? And it's always like, well, in- Narcan shouldn't be free, but insulin should be free. And I see those and it's like, I feel like you're pitting two helpless people against each other when the issue isn't the addict in their Narcan. It should be the government and like big pharma who's producing these things, you know, Absolutely. like, yeah, we have an opioid crisis right now. Do people need Narcan who probably can't afford it? Yeah, they do. So should they be getting it? Sure. But also people should be getting insulin. Like that's, it's disgusting that people aren't, exactly. you know, but I think they pit us against each other, like helpless person, helpless addict against like helpless person with diabetes. Like, yeah, that's not the people you should be fighting with. No, it's not. And like, yeah. And if at this point we don't know, like, like there's no accountability for big pharma, then we in trouble. And we're the only country that just allows pharmaceutical companies to set the price. Other countries set it and say, this is how much you're going to charge for this. And now I know that like, so here's the deal. I know that this can be a slippery slope because it's like, well, if, if we, um, if we try to like regulate big pharma, then we're going to have to regulate. No, you don't. Big pharma but, is yeah, one yeah. company. <laughs> one thing guys. One and thing. they're making money off of us as sick people. And then especially when we had girl, don't even get me going, but especially when we had the um, mandates with the vaccines, like you're mandating this, you're making this, you're enforcing this. You're also allowing us to eat food that makes us ill and diabetic. Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so you should have a little bit of control in the sense that like you're gonna allow us to eat poison and horrifying chemicals which will give us diabetes eventually and i send you that fda video girl about the lady testifying so i said she was like no 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 i'm like you're gross the uh video of the fda testifying before congress i'm not honestly sure what the whole hearing thing was about (laughs) But they were asking the FDA questions, like basic questions that you would think like, can you regulate what ingredients they put in here? If they, if they put an ingredient in here, that's known to like be a carcinogen or This was also specified for baby products. For baby products. No, her answer was no at everything. No, we can't control that. No, we can't regulate that. And it's like, well, what do you do? Why are you here? If you can't say, because Johnson and Johnson baby products have talcum powder in it, which is a known carcinogen to cause cancer. So other countries don't allow that in their Johnson Johnson powders. Johnson Johnson can still sell their products in other countries, but they don't allow that ingredient in there because it's dangerous and can kill people. But in America, put it in, put it in, put it in, throw it in there. That's so depressing. It really is. It yeah. is. So I'm like, no, what? Go ahead and eat that McDonald's because everything's causing cancer anyway. So what? <laughs> <laughs> oh! 
and like Wait, hopefully Chelsea, the diabetes you... doesn't hit until you're 65 or older <laughs> hold off Chelsea did you see that they're gonna sell oh my god did you see they're gonna sell the um the vaccine for like $300 or something like that you mean the vaccine that is now now under investigation and people are mm-hmm. testifying that people are dropping dead from it? Oh, great. Now it's also $300. Um, the, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I don't... No, I, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I guess y'all not regulating that and making people get it because I don't know who's paying that much money for that. Uh, but I don't even know what to say. There's so much to say about anything, but... Investigations now about the numbers of deaths as well. About if the numbers were inflated, I saw it on. Um, I saw it briefly on like CNN. It was saying that there is a um, an investigation about the amount of deaths that hospitals were reporting, or like from what, and if they were overinflated. So I guess there's just a whole bunch of stuff investigations going on right now. <laughs> you know what i feel like my husband was like he was saying things to me he's like you need to like watch what you're posting on instagram and facebook and like you're gonna get me fired and all this stuff and i was like do you hear what you're saying because i'm posting an opinion who am i i'm nobody i'm posting an opinion on my private instagram and facebook get out of here with that right and if you know what, and if I do get fired and you get fired, I think that that shows us exactly where we're at because yeah. of an opinion. And it's not like I call it out like his company or my company. I was just like, this is some trash, period. Right. Well, because the thing is, like, it's there has to be a line between what you can say before it's like you get fired or whatever. Like, if you're saying this company is doing A, B, and C illegally and like, you're making all kinds of wild claims, fine. But if you're saying, like, I don't want to get the vaccine. It's unacceptable that this should be forced. Yeah. Right, right. right. Like, I shouldn't be, I should not be fired for that, period. Right. And if I am, shows us where we're at. Right. Chelsea, your your service is off a little bit. My service? Is it because it's raining? I don't know. (laughs) like your sound is behind your face hmm i don't know know what that means i don't know what to do it's just like delayed it's delayed like i see a delay oh yeah your video's lagging my video's lagging girl oh no now it's working now it's good good it's raining here i don't know if that affects it Yep. It was like, it was just a little delayed. (laughs) Well, but you know what? So I do have some good news because that's super depressing and stressful. But like, um, in other news, that's a little bit more of a bright spot. Um, all U.S. military veterans in suicidal crisis will be eligible for free care at any VA or private facility. Nine million are enrolled in the VA and about nine million are not. Nine million veterans. Yeah. That's huge. It is huge. It It is. is. So that means that, so sometimes the issue is, um, for those of you who don't know, every single person who served in the military doesn't always get benefits for everything. So if you 
were like dishonorable discharged or got like an other than honorable discharge, they sometimes you're not eligible for all of the benefits and those benefits include using the VA. So if you are in crisis and you know, like, hey, I can't use the VA, like I'm not, you know, I can't really be a patient there and I don't have money to go to a private place or whatever, you might kind of feel like you're stuck in a situation where that you don't, you can't get help anywhere. But now if you are in crisis, no matter if you're enrolled to use the VA or not, if you've ever walked in one or not, you can now go in and get help if you're, you know, having, um, thoughts of suicide and stuff. And also you can always dial 988, which is the suicide crisis number. I believe you push two for veterans on that number. And the VA does already provide emergency suicide care, but with this new benefit, veterans will not have to pay any co-pays, any associated fees um, for this care, which is incredible. They shouldn't have to, especially since they are so prone to this. Right. And so like, if you don't live close to a VA facility, you're able to walk into a hospital or a clinic or something and get treatment and help. And you won't have to come out of pocket for that. Exactly. Um, the, if veterans receive care at a private facility, the government will cover all the costs and the VA will also reimburse veterans for ambulance rides to the hospital, which is another huge, huge benefit to, um, yeah. Uh, it's a huge benefit like that makes sense. A lot of money. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, okay. When we were in master's commission and I was on one of our, um, what is that called? The, one of those trips, the humanitarian yeah. trips, we were in Denver and you know how the, um, the elevation is so high. So we Ooh. were sitting like at the end of the workday, we were sitting in this, where we were staying and all of a sudden, like everyone just started to get like really short of breath. I, my nose was gushing blood. So they called 911. The ambulance came. The ambulance guy told me, he said, come sit in here. And I just want to do a check. He was just checking to make sure it was just because of the elevation, all this stuff. So I, I get back to master's commission where I made $25 every two weeks. And he sent me a bill for $700 for sitting in the ambulance. I didn't even go on a ride. I thought he was telling you to like sit in it and don't get a ride because this would be like not that much. No, he told me to sit in it so I wasn't sitting on the curb. And I was like, okay. And then yeah, I got out after on the curb. $700. And this is in 2006. What would it be now? I can't imagine. So anyway, all that to say, that's great that they cover those costs because ambulances are expensive, period. Um, the new pol- this new policy was required by a law passed in 2020 and signed by then President Donald Trump called the Veterans Comprehensive Prevention Access to Care and Treatment. It's called the Compact Act of 2020. Um, great bill. Great bill. Great bill. Oh, we were talking about bills yesterday. Where did you say? So like a lot of times they'll pass a bill and people will say, oh, do you agree with this? Do you not? And I always find myself being like, I don't know, because I didn't read the whole thing. So I don't know. I saw like snippets or talking points. So oh, where did yeah. you say? You can... to, I can post it in our show notes. Okay. The, the link to where you can read like the whole bill in its entirety. Like you can see, I mean, and some of them are thousands of pages, but you can see like what is in it and, and all the highlights and different stuff so that you can find out What's in a bill? Because sometimes you only get talking point points and you don't really get the whole 
of what what is in everything so right so then people are out here enraged or feeling some type of way about Mm -hmm. a bill and they don't even know the whole you know the whole thing of it this got brought up because I was like, you know, with the don't say gay bill, I was like, do they mean literally like you're not allowed to say gay? And Amber was like, <laughs> you should read the bill. Like, you should like, read the whole thing from start to finish. And I agree. I should. Um, and then lastly, the Arkans- the governor for Arkansas, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, is banning. She, she used to be the press secretary for President Trump. She had that. Wait, Sarah Huckabee. She had like a sleepy eye. Oh yeah. <laughs> then he got Kaylee K- McNamara. She was fire, dude. Come for her. She was ready for you. But Sarah Huckabee Sanders is banning Latin X. I don't know what that is. Latin X from state documents. Latin X. So, the word Latin X is something that is newer in the last couple of years that people use as kind of a blanket term for people of Latino descent. So it covers people who are male, female, and also like non-binary. So I'm assuming that's probably the part that's, that's the issue, I think. So she's official government docs. She's banning that word from state documents. Yeah. This is why people say things Republicans (laughs) are racist. Yes. (laughs) Because it's like, why? So Latinx covers people of Latin descent. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to what? Like, was so, there like so what? there's other so people would use like Latino or Latina um for if you're speaking of a male or a female. So this one is more inclusive. It kind of is everybody all together. If you're if you're in of Latin descent, it covers everybody all together. Oh. And so that's kind of why the term was created. Um, I, I was trying to think about like how it could be hurtful or offensive. I don't really know how it's supposed to be kind of for everybody includes all people of Latin descent. And I just don't understand why go out of your way to like, know what, I'm going to ban this word because I don't know. Like why? I don't know what to say either because I'm kind of like, there are so many things that are such a disaster in this country right now. And we're taking the time to, to promote the banning of a word. I don't get it. And that's kind of, that's exactly kind of how I felt about it. I was like, there's so much other stuff going on and why would you go out of your way to do this? And to me, especially at a time where it's like, People already question whether Republicans like Latinos or not. And then when you're like, no, I'm going to ban this word from government documents that is specifically an all-encompassing word for one group of people. And it, and it just is, the question is why? Why do that? And kind of isolate this group of people and then, and then kind of on the back end, I feel like wonder why people think that, oh, why don't people think we like Latin uh, Latino people. Well, uh, you know. Well, and also too, I don't know what the Latin, um, what do you call that percentage? Like the percentage of people who are of Latin origin or descent, whatever, are in Arkansas. But I would assume, and I could be wrong. Don't quote me. But I would assume it would be greater than other places because typically because it's south. Yeah, I would yeah, assume. So like, yeah, I think you would be correct in that. Exactly. So like you. So like specifically. <laughs> 
Why? <laughs> it, look, hey, you know. Why go out of your and not why go out of your way? Why go out of your way? You know? You're supposed to be you were voted in to serve everybody. And this well, is kind time. of a thing that isolates people. Yeah. The time that I, I don't get it. Make yeah. it make sense. You could be dealing with hunger or, you know, kids in poverty. That's or, what I'm you saying. know, human trafficking through Arkansas, or but there's a lot of other stuff. Inflation. You know, we could be getting these egg prices down. Okay. But, <laughs> but we're too busy yeah. banning Latinx. Right. Do you know somebody told me that Wegmans is now like almost cheaper than like Giant here? I yeah. love Wegmans, but it's too far. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like Wegmans. I go to Giant specifically because it's cheaper and you can get the gas points. Yeah. But I, I, um, I check Aldi. Aldi's pretty good too. See, I always forget about Aldi because there's not one close to me, but Aldi's the best. Yes. And they have really organic vegetables and fruits yes. and stuff. And that they have a expensive. lot of and a lot of dairy free stuff, which for those lactose queens out there. I wish there was an Aldi close to me because I always forget about it. And then I'll see like Bobby approved on TikTok and I'm like, dang it. I wish I went to Aldi. <laughs> I wish my Aldi sold wine. <laughs> me too. So there's like this Aldi wine that everybody talks about all the time and it always sells out really fast, but mine doesn't sell out long. Mine doesn't either. Probably because we live in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. True. Boo. That's where I get our daughter's advent calendars from. Oh, Aldi. Girl. Every year they have them and I go and they always have some type of restriction. You can only buy two or whatever. Huge crowd pleaser. These advent yeah, calendars. It is. it is. The more you know. They're at Aldi. So, um, thank you everyone for joining us on this Thursday morning <laughs> for a new episode of Politics But Make It Fashion. Um, we will be with you again next week for Wednesday nights. So, this one will be uploaded on YouTube as well. So, it'll be our second one on YouTube. And chat soon. Bye.